Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. Halloween weekend. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm, I'm pumped up from that song. <laughs> oh my goodness, and we have uh, Charmaine up here now singing. 
And then we had Joanna singing too with the crew. And, and we got this sweet piano business, guitar business, and uh, the two, the, is that a, that's not a the electric guitar, is it? Electric guitar and a, uh, yours is electric too? Oh, acoustic. We got some sweet business going on up here. <laughs> so good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills. <laughs> I like that. Good morning, Reverend Kelly. I like that. That's one of my teacher days, except they didn't call me Reverend Kelly when I was a teacher. They called me Mrs. Uh, Thomason, Mrs. Coles, Mrs. Jackson. I had several last names. I'm just saying, they spin their heads. What do I call her now? <laughs> oh, my friends are here. Hey. Okay, so welcome to all of you who are visiting in person and online. We hope you enjoy the service. Um, as I, I might have said it already, I, I'm Reverend Kelly Kincaid, the senior minister here at Unity of Farmington Hills. I'm so pumped up and excited to be here. So I'm going to share our announcements and then we'll continue with our service. Join us downstairs after service for our fellowship gathering with light refreshments um, and, and some wonderful connections that we've been making as well, especially those of you who are visiting. Feel free to come down and visit with us. Yesterday, we had over 350 kids come to our trunk or treat. <laughs> we ran out of candy, <laughs> and a couple people went and did some candy runs, which was pretty sweet, because that topped last year, which was two, over 240 kids. So we're getting out there, and our presence is really known. So I want to thank all of you who contributed, who helped, who participated, who promoted the event, because it was an awesome, awesome event. And it was really nice to see the cars coming in and the people coming in and seeing our presence known here. So thank you again. Our Thanksgiving food drive starts today, and it lasts to Wednesday, November 16th. Um, there's bins outside for food for collections and flyers on the counter outside for more um, details. Let's help our children's church provide Thanksgiving meals for families in need. Our next, our next, I mean, next week, not only is Charmaine a singer, she leads our uh, veterans peer support group. And so next week, we're going to have our first annual Veterans Appreciation Sunday. And so we'll have a special service. There'll be special refreshments for our fellowship gathering after service. And following that, there'll be our monthly veterans peer support group at 12 p.m. And so please invite all the veterans you know, and all veterans are welcome. So even if you just meet somebody, you can invite them to be appreciated by us next, next Sunday. And then our, new, our next new member service will be on, in two weeks, it'll be on November 13th. To become a new member, go on our website, click on About Us, and fill out that membership form, and then hit Submit. If you've been visiting us and you enjoy our services and you really feel the love of our spiritual community, I want to personally invite you to go ahead and join us in membership. And I'm excited to see who's going to join, and I'm excited to celebrate you all next week, well, in two weeks. And then we're going to be having our town hall meeting on Sunday, June, I mean, not June, November 20th in the social hall at 11.30 a.m. to discuss plans for our community, our finances, details about the launch of our new camp capital campaign. And if you have any questions, we'll be there. The board and I will be there to answer them for you. So what I want to also mention is that our children's church is growing. Amen? Amen? We have 25 children now in our children's church. So 
that opens up opportunities to volunteer to help out in the children's church. Just one Sunday a month. And I tell you what, it is a joy to help out the youth program and help the youth learn and understand who they are as individual expressions of God. It's, it's amazing to see that and to see them grow into it. Some of us have children who grew up in unity and they're using the principles, you know? So it does impact them. So if you feel led to participate or you want more information, please email Sharon Clay. She's our youth and family uh, director at info at unityfh.com. And then Sharon Lewis, Sharon, can you stand or raise your hand? She will be our prayer chaplain today. So if you are in need of prayer, you can meet her after service by the sanctuary doors, in, in the, I mean the patio doors in the sanctuary, and she'll pray with you. And I ask that we clear out quickly so that there'll be a sacred space during prayer. And so now, uh, well, if you want to stay abreast of what's going on, visit our website, unityfh.com. Look on our Facebook page. We keep that update, updated. And then read through the weekly newsletter that's sent out every Friday. And so now as we hear our music team sing Shirley to Presence, let us open our hearts and our minds to hear the daily word and for our opening prayer. Sunday, October 30th, 2022. Our word is protection. And today we affirm, God is here, I am safe. And our message reads, once in a while I enjoy doing things that frighten me. N not me. <laughs> not me. Sharing ghost stories around a campfire, watching a spooky movie, even savoring the uneasy feel just before thundering down the first hill of a roller coaster. All these things can feel scary, even though I know I'm in no real danger. If I begin to feel unsafe in any situation, I remember that right where I am, God is. Breathing out, I release tension. My body relaxes. Fear fearful thoughts begin to dissolve. Breathing in, I think more clearly. Slowly, I regain renewed strength and peace of mind. My confidence returns as I remember that nothing in the world can prevail against the strength, the wisdom, and the love of God. Today's scripture comes from Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Let us pray. 
So I invite you to gently close your eyes with me and take a deep cleansing breath. And just let your attention float down into the center of your chest. Let the joy of today resonate deeply within that space. Tuning into that one power, that one presence, that one activity that is the greatest expression of you. And God, as we acknowledge your power and your presence and your activity, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, all ways that you are working in the background to guide us into our highest and greatest good. As we sit in this space today, acknowledging your presence, acknowledging your love, allowing our minds and bodies to still themselves, allowing our hearts to open up to feel a deeper expression of love and oneness, we resonate a deep sense of gratitude. We know that your word dwells in our heart. And as we sit in that truth, we allow our hearts to open up to resonate the life of your word. Our minds are free. We release the hold of this world and what we think we know. We let go of our human understanding and open up into the Christ within. We are ready to hear the message, receive the message, be the message. Can we just sit in that willingness just for a little bit? As we continue to breathe in love and a feeling of peace, we allow our bodies to release all that no longer serves us. We let it go. We let God. We lift this we lift this prayer and close this meditation in the presence, the love, the name and the nature of the indwelling Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. I get so bellow. <laughs> it's hard for me to lead the prayer sometimes. Okay, let us go ahead and affirm our statement from, from being, our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect love, 
perfect love, and perfect substance. And let's go ahead and affirm our UFH growth affirmation together, which has been doing some mighty work in our, our um, community, our spiritual community. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you.
time for us to do something. I love that song, and I like the video that goes with that. And that is, uh, man, you, always, you, you all, always find the perfect song to go with the talks that I have. And, and, and we don't plan it out that way. It just happens. That's God in action. I promise you, that's God in action. So can we give them another hand? Because yeah. that's we business. I keep saying we have the baddest band in unity. <laughs> and I'm going to keep saying it because I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Okay, so someone told me this cute little joke that his grandson told him. And I don't think that someone is here. Maybe, uh, yes, he is. He's here. Um, so, and his grandson is five years old. So let's just take that in. I thought it was a cute joke, so I'm going to share it. He said, what is purple and conquers everything? Alexander the Grape. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute. cute. <laughs> so, hey, you know what? I, I don't know if you get one of these when you go outside, these, out in the hallway. These are some bookmarks that Angela and Charmaine made for our church. Um, they have all the things, our activities, classes, and events on them. I love them, and I, I'm, I'm, you, I got a couple of them I've been using. So if, when you go out in the hallway, they're out in the hallway on the counter. So help yourself. And then when we do our little, our, um, what is it, grand opening of the library, there'll be some more then too. We can use, we can, you can get some then too. So we have been going through studying the parables that Jesus shared in with his ministry. And... Parables are, as we, as we say, we've been saying, they're earthly stories. So they're stories about everyday life things that are going on in situations, but they always have a spiritual meaning, some type of truth in them. And the one, we just finished the parables of the kingdom or the kingdom parables, which were parables that Jesus used to liken the kingdom of heaven with whatever spiritual meaning it was in the story that he was sharing at that moment. And so it was, really, it was really powerful to see those connections. And Jesus is so amazing the way he uses our power of imagination to wake up and bring us into right there with the, with the situation he's talking about. So it ignites your feelings, it ignites your imagination, it ignites your thoughts, it ignites your everyday experiences like you understand what he's talking about because back then in the Jewish traditions, he used the things that they did in everyday life. And so as we move into this next parable, this parable, and the title of my talk is Becoming a Good Samaritan. And so what I want to do is I want to read from Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And I think this is a pretty interesting, God's going to bring it together in an interesting way because I have been sitting with this for a little bit, and I finally had to just go to sleep. So we're going to see what God's going to do with us today. <laughs> okay, so this is Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. And this isn't the first part of this is called the, the most important commandment. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? What do you read it? How do you read it, rather? And back then they used to do that. The Jewish, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the, the, those who were, he's a um, religious law, an expert in religious law, but he, really he's a lawyer, in, he's a religious lawyer. And they used to ask that. They used to ask questions like, how readest, thus, how readest thou? 
So they would go and they, and, and they, so when Jesus, when you ask Jesus a question, he would ask you a question. Seem like somebody I know who does that too. <laughs> but it's important because it brings you into your own understanding. Unless you start with where you are in your own understanding, how are you going to go forward when the, when the interpretation comes? So he always asks, well, what do you say it is? What do you think it is? Who do you say I am? That kind of thing. So he brings you right, he meets us right where we are. Verse 27, the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Now, this is a powerful thing to look at here because the lawyer is realizing when Jesus says, right, do this and you will live. The lawyer is realizing that he's doing it. He's done his best to love God with all his heart, all his mind, all his soul, and all his strength. But this second part, loving thy neighbor, has his, is convicting him that he isn't doing it in, in the manner that he, he is meant to in order to it, it receive eternal life. And back then they believed that when you transitioned, you got eternal life. Jesus was there and is still here to teach us eternal life is right now. Eternal life is right now. It's the Spirit of God. Eternal life is the Spirit of God. You are the Spirit of God and you are your human self. So in order to live in the Spirit of God, it starts right now, not when you transition. Does that make sense to everybody? So that's why I ask him, well, what is the, what is the, um, the, Moses, what is the law of Moses say? Because the Ten Commandments, which is what he's reading, the two, greatest Ten Commandments, the two greatest commandments, are teaching us how to live in the flow of God. And when you live in the flow of God, you're living in eternal life. Does that make sense to everybody? But he's realizing he may be doing his best to live in, a, in the flow of God, the letter of the law, but he's not doing his best to love his neighbor as himself. And then he doesn't even know really who it is. Well, who's my neighbor? Like, seriously. So he asked that question because he knows he's about to get in a bind with Jesus. So he's trying to rebuttal. Lawyer, right? Trying to rebuttal so that he can get out of this uh, hole, he, uh, corner he's painted himself in. So Jesus replied with this story. And this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he was attacked by bandits. And they stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying, and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan, that's purposely he said despised Samaritan, that's purposely because there was, anger, there was hatred between Jewish people and Samaritan people. And the truth is, Samaritan people were Jewish, they were just mixed Jewish and foreign as well. So that's why, and Jewish people felt that they were the pure, the pure chosen people. So those who were even mixed with quote unquote Gentiles, those who were not descendants of Jewish tradition, he could, they considered them um, lower than life and they hated, they hated that foreign people were mixed with Jewish people. I wonder if we're still living that now. I mean, seriously. I'm just saying. So, a dis then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. 
Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The, day, the next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I'm here. Because back in the day, when they did trust you. They, there was an honor system where if you extended your, or pay, um, raked up more than your expenses, they will come back through and pay what, what they owe. And yet, so the owners of the inns believed them. And so that's why he felt confident to say, whatever you, he, whatever you pay more than this, I'll come back and pay for, you know, take care of the debt. Does that make sense to everybody? We call that credit. <laughs> that's what we call it. Okay. Um, then he says, now, which one of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one whom, who showed him mercy. He couldn't even say the Samaritan. He wouldn't even let that come out of his, word, his mouth, the Samaritan. That's how much he was in hatred. But that's the letter of the law. That's nowhere near. He's proving that he doesn't love his neighbor. Does that make sense to everybody? He's proving that. When Jesus asked him, after telling the parable, when Jesus asked him who of the three of these is, uh, was a neighbor to the man, he says, the one who shows mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So what does this mean? I mean, we saw the video, and it demonstrated something specific, the video that was going when the last song was being sang. And it said, if not me, then who? If not now, then when? There's something specific in that that matters, that represents us good Samaritan. Now, like I told you, the Samaritans were um, very much despised back then, and that's why Jesus said it that way. It's interesting because when Jesus shares this story of the good Samaritan, and he starts talking to answer the question, who's my neighbor? Now, this Jewish person is probably thinking, oh, he's going to tell me another Jewish person or a Pharisee or somebody who lives in my neighborhood or somebody who's in my city. He's thinking, probably thinking along those lines. But Jesus hits him with a, a knuckleball, or, you know, whatever that's called, in the curveball, thank you. <laughs> that's a Kellyism. <laughs> I say, I always get it mixed up. He hits him with a curveball. And he says that the priest didn't stop, nor did the temple assistant. And the temple assistant was, in other translations, called a Levite. And the Levites were the assistants who helped the priest in the, in the temple. Now, Jericho and Jerusalem are important when we look at this, especially when we compare it to the lawyer who is asking Jesus, how do I get into eternal life? Jerusalem represents peace. It's called habitat, habitant of peace. It's a city of peace. But it really represents a consciousness of peace. And even deeper, it represents a consciousness of peace that's rooted in your relationship with God. And deeper than that, it re represents a consciousness of peace that's rooted not just in your relationship with God, but in your relationship of the oneness of the spirit of you. And it goes deeper than that. It's the, relation, it's the peace that you feel when you're in that relationship with God and knowing that that relationship with God is the spirit in you, but also knowing that you are God. That you have control over how the power of God is used in and through you. 
that not only do you have control, you have free will, and that your highest expression is always love and oneness, that your natural state of being is oneness and love, that your natural state of consciousness is peace. So when you're being love and you're being oneness, you're in a state of peace. Does that make sense? That's Jerusalem. It says that this priest is traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Now, priests at that time will go up to Jerusalem to work in the temple for a couple weeks in a year. And Jericho was the place where they would stay on their way. And so he was probably coming back from doing his work because it says he was coming from Jerusalem to Jer down to Jericho. Jericho represents the intellectual consciousness but the intellectual consciousness is only rooted in the knowing, the understanding on a, on a surface level of a situation. So you know that love means oneness with God. You know that love means being in a spiritual consciousness. You know all these things. But you know it on an intellectual level. It's one thing to know it on that level. It's another thing to actually experience it. Have you ever had a moment where you knew God was there? Like, for real, you knew God was there. Nobody could tell you differently. You knew God was there. And even to this moment, you still know that the presence of God was there. You ever had those moments? That's an experience. That's being. That's moving into the expression of Jericho, which is peace. Knowing that it's possible, understanding and learning about it is Jericho. So in those moments when we encounter situations where we're distracted and we get caught up in it and we look at the situation and it takes us and knocks us off our kilter and we're, we're looking at the letter of that's not how it should be. This is what it's supposed to be. As children of God, we're supposed to do this or this is not what it's supposed to be. What's going on? What's going on inside of me that's causing this to happen? For those of us who use spiritual law, we're still on the surface level. What's going on inside? You're intellectualizing it. You've shifted out of spiritual being down into intellectual thinking. Does that make sense? It's a lower vibration of the third dimensional realm of limitation and separation. And in that realm, you're sitting here looking at what's good and what's bad, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And in that situation, you're in duality consciousness. That's Jericho. And when that happens, the bandits come, which is judgment, fear, worry, distress. All of those things represent the bandits. And during that time, when they would travel down, the road was like a winding road. It went down low. It was places where thieves could actually hide. Jesus knew this. And they'd attack people going along that road. Well, in your consciousness, there's thoughts like that that hide and they will attack you when you get distracted. And then it says that a priest came along. Now, you would think that the priest and the assistant uh, uh, to the priest would be the ones that would jump and help because they're in the temple teaching people, taking sacrifices for people to help them stand in right, right consciousness or right relationship with God, right? But they're helping people take the sacrifices to be in right relationship with God the letter of the law and the ritual of it. There's no spiritual understanding and expression of it. So there's two things there. 
Jewish tradition is, was very strict back then. You could not touch somebody who was dead because it would defile you. And so if they were coming down or going up to help in the, in the uh, temple, they couldn't touch because now you've got to separate yourself from the community for seven days. You can't do your job. So you can see in consciousness why the priest might not have gone over and touched him and walked to the other side. And then the assistant, it says that they pass, it's that when you look at it and you read it, he said it, it's like they passed each other. So now the assistant sees the priest walk past. He's like, oh, it must be dead. He goes and looks for a little bit, but he doesn't get close enough to investigate it deeper. He doesn't want to be defiled either. He knows spirit, uh, Jewish law. He walks away too. But how many times in our life do we do that for ourselves and other people? We don't go deeper into a situation because it's too heavy. It's too much to handle in the moment. We're going to put it to the side, tuck down this thing that needs to be dealt with, that needs to be ignited and awakened, that needs to be healed and worked on right then. If it comes up, it's meant to be done right then. This part inside of you that feels like it's separate from God, feels like you are separate, feels like you're wounded, feels like you're damaged, feels like you're upset at someone, in those situations, you are that Jewish person who's laying there for dead. Now, the thieves, the, the bandits, they also knew the law. If you notice here, it says that they left him for dead, half dead. Because if they didn't kill him, then it wasn't a real sin. Remember the Ten Commandments. Letter of the law. Their intention, though, is what matters. In this circumstance with the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan, the, the, they say he, he calls him the despised Samaritan, but actually the title of the parable is the Good Samaritan. And that's those people who go that mile, who are willing to take the risk. He was part Jewish too. They had their own way of teaching and they had their own laws and their own uh, temples and things too. But he was willing, he didn't even think about it. He said as soon as he saw the man, he ran over. How many times do we walk away when we have the perfect opportunity to run over? All three of them saw the man. Only one of them truly investigated what was going on. How many times do we walk away from a person Walk away from a circumstance, walk away from people, walk away from what's going on in the world, walk away and let somebody else handle it. If not me, then who? If not now, then when? What, what they were doing was leaving it to someone else. And they were following the law because they didn't want to touch. But that's transactional. When the Samaritan came and actually did something, he saw the person, he came over to the person, he soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine. Wine has alcohol in it, which is a disinfectant, so he cleaned out his wounds. And I was watching this uh, video. I love watching the short videos of it that I see on, on YouTube. And, it was this, and they showed this, this scenario of the priest walking away and look on his face of disgust. And the assistant coming up and seeing the priest 
and then looking and going over a little bit, but no, I'm not going to do anything. And then the Samaritan, and picking him up, looking at him, and, and picking him up, investigating him with love and tenderness, and then touching, pulling his own stuff out. Now, he was sacrificing also. He actually, they didn't sacrifice. He sacrificed his time because he was on his way somewhere. But you saw the look in his face of love and tenderness and compassion. And it says in the, the, the parable, he felt compassion. He felt it in his heart. He went past what the law says you're supposed to do and went into what the relationship with the fellow child of God says we're meant to do. We're meant to live in an expression where we're not just voice boxes speaking it. You can riddle off the our father and all this stuff, but do you really follow it? Like for real. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do you really hallow God's name? Do you really hold it in the sacredness that it is? Do you really know that as you're speaking it, you're talking to the God in you, and the God in you is awakening, and as you say, hallowed be his name, you're saying, hallowed be the name in me, the Christ in me, the oneness in me, and that the rest of it, you're, you're speaking to who you are as a child of God, as an expression of God, that is meant to demonstrate it through the relationship of love and demonstration. And how many times do we let that opportunity go by? When we do, we are the priest and the Levite. When we step truly into the transactional, tra I mean transformational expression of God that comes in, that holds and hugs and embraces, no matter what you are, what, what's going on in you, only sees the Christ in you and embraces you as the Christ, does not look at what you've done, looks at who you are, because all you see is the child of God within and embraces that and sees that and demonstrates what God shows you to be in that. Does that make sense? Have you ever, if you were to be honest, like be for real, for real, passed by a situation where you could have done something? I have. I'm calling on in each and every one of us the Good Samaritan. Challenging you today to go outside of your comfort zone and do something transformational that will change someone's life who you're not used to being around with and doing something for. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. If not who, if not me rather, then who? If not now, then when? I'm calling us to do something now. Jesus asked, which one of these was the neighbor? And the man said, the one who showed mercy. I want you to look at this in another space too. The second commandment says to love your neighbor as yourself. There's another challenge in there. What part of you are you avoiding? What part of you do you need to love wholly, completely? What part of you do you need to forgive absolutely? 
What part of you do you keep bringing up as a reason why you don't deserve love? What part of you is wounded and feels left for dead? Give that part of yourself mercy. Tend to the wounds in that part of yourself. The God in you will show you how. And when you do that, you will truly be a good Samaritan because you will be loving your neighbor as you do yourself. That implies you got to love yourself. Amen? Amen? And the only way to truly love yourself is to do that first commandment, loving God with all of your heart, the, the expression that you are, all of your mind, intellectually, but going deeper into it, all of your soul, which is the combination of the two coming together in the con because your soul represents your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. And the only way to truly go into the superconscious mind, the Christ of yourself, is if you drop down from your conscious mind into the subconscious mind and sit in there for a minute. Not just to hear, oh, I'm just going to hear from God, but to be God. To be God. And when you be God, no part of you wants to hurt you or anybody else. All you want to do is demonstrate it within yourself, to yourself, and the world. No part of you will say, I can't. No part of you will say anything that diminishes you. I am not. There is no I am not in the Spirit of God. There is no I can't in the Spirit of God. You won't be using a negative and affirming that within yourself or anybody else. You will only affirm and be the Christ. The Christ. I'm listening. I am an individualized expression of God. Together? I am an individualized expression of God. Now close your eyes. Tune into your heart. Feel the expansiveness there. Brush away any other thoughts of limitation. And say it again. I am an individualized expression of God. Say it one more time. I am an individualized expression of God. Take a deep breath and breathe that in. You are love. I want you to know that fully. You can open your eyes. Actually, keep your eyes closed for a minute because I want to affirm this over you. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling God led to share this with you from the heart. Deeply. Put your hand over your heart as if you are touching the oneness within you, as if you're touching the heart of God because you are. Just imagine you are touching the heart of God. And I want you to hear God in you saying this to you. You are love. You are lovable. You are loving. And you are loved just the way you are. Go out and be this truth 
to yourself and to the world. And so it is. Amen. Thank you. How about one more round of applause for that powerful message today? Yes. We're feeling it, feeling it. All right. So for those of you who maybe uh, are new to Unity, uh, there is a theme every month that Unity does. It's usually one word. Sometimes it's faith. Uh, this month is zeal, and so uh, which is a great word. I don't think we use it enough. Uh, zeal. We want to feel zeal. And so leave it to Nicholas, of course, to find a song that perfectly encapsulates <laughs> that word. In fact, it's a song called Zeal. I'm needing 
I tell you what, I can't get enough of our band. <laughs> Woo! Sweet business. Thank you for that. That was amazing. Hasn't this been a, a wonderful Sunday service? Amen? I agree with you all. <laughs> um, let us go ahead and take a deep breath. Gently close your eyes. Bring to mind what you feel led to give for a love offering for today's service. Take another deep breath. Exhale deeply, feeling the prosperity consciousness that you are. And let's go ahead, and you can open your eyes. Let's affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. And um, you know, you already know how to do your, you know, you can do your online uh, donations through unityfh.com, hitting the donate. There will be someone at the end of, I mean, in the uh, back door to get your donations. I want all of you who had October birthdays to please stand. October birthdays, please stand. Woo-woo! Today is birthday Sunday. Let us sing happy birthday. You, you might as well have stood, kept standing. Let's stand up so we can do our prayer for protection, knowing that we are the presence of love. As you say this prayer for protection, I want us to grow into really knowing the light, knowing the love, knowing the power, knowing the presence is exactly what we're affirming in God. Amen? Amen. So let's affirm this, not just for us in this sanctuary. Let's affirm this so powerfully that our light shines out in the universe. Together, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Happy Halloween. Have a beautiful day. 
And please, if you can't make it down to the, so the fellowship gathering, say hi to me before you leave out. Let's go ahead and clear out so yeah, this. Yeah. And just one thing, I mean, Reverend Kelly, this was kind of last second. Yeah. It is Halloween, so oh. we figured we might as well send everybody out with a Halloween favorite, a little fun, right? One, two, three, four. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.